Right. For those who are joining us, we our guest is already online and he will be talking to us how Africa's youth can make their passion their money maker. I don't know about you, but for me, I'm excited to get some tunes for that Christmas holiday. Uh, the Storybook is a social enterprise that seeks to empower the youth through storytelling. And from time to time, we support businesses, publicity, for example, or we support them financially. My name is Whitney Mwangi, and I'm the founder of The Storybook. My name is Bivano uh, Cook. I am a fashion designer. I have this brand called The Cook. I am a millennial. I love everything creative. Of course, I'm very passionate about pushing the Made in Kenya agenda forward. I also host some networking events here in Nairobi, specifically uh, targeted at creatives and people just doing dope things around. Um, and we do it uh, every two months. And apart from that, I'm also interested in tech. I'm interested in everything African and everything dope. I'm not sure if people are going for a drink today, really, or they're going home to reflect on their couch about what am I going to do with my life? I, I can tell you that they're going for a drink, for sure. <laughs> Be sure to connect with us on social media at the storybook underscore ENT on Instagram. The storybook ENT on Facebook. At storybook underscore ENT on Twitter. Let's keep the conversation going. We just can't wait to hear from you. Right. For those who are joining us, we our guest is already online and he will be talking to us how Africa's youth can make their passion their money maker. I don't know about you, but for me, I'm excited to get some tunes for that Christmas holiday. Um, and he's doing quite a bit of work in, in Africa and we're excited to hear about how he's uh, been doing and how he's been handling. So perhaps I can start by introducing the storybook for those who are new. Uh, the storybook is a social enterprise that seeks to empower the youth through storytelling. And from time to time, we support businesses uh, through publicity, for example, or we support them financially, uh, depending on the campaign that we have uh, now or we have going on at the time. And my name is Whitney Mwangi. I am the founder. Every once in a while, we have these uh, conversations with a spectacular youth yeah. who are movers and shakers in their respective countries, in their respective regions. The last guest we had was from uh, Ghana and Nigeria and another one from Kenya. And now we are excited to host another fellow uh, wonderful Kenyan. So I will hand over to you to introduce yourself to us and then we can take it from there. My name is uh, Bivano Cook. I am a fashion designer. I have this brand called The Cook. I am a millennial. I love everything creative. I love everything artsy. And of course, I'm very passionate about pushing the Made in Kenya agenda forward. I also host some networking events here in Nairobi, specifically uh, targeted at creatives and people just doing dope things around. Um, and we do it uh, every two months. And apart from that, I'm also interested in tech. I'm interested in everything African and everything dope. Yeah, so that's a bit about me, I guess. <laughs> right sounds interesting so that allow me to ask you a little bit about the networking events for anyone who would like to meet you in person for a meet and greet a crush maybe we don't know we're not ruling anything out uh, maybe mentorship uh, tell us a little bit more about these events 
Um, so basically we've done about three now and uh, it's just, so we say it's about um, creatives controlling our narratives with uh, networking, socializing and vibing. The idea started because all the department, my career, rather where I am at now, I've always met them in a very casual setting. So it's never, you know, conference or like anything like that. It's always like a chill place, a vibey place. And um, so I wanted to recreate that for other creatives as well. So in a platform where you come, whatever you're doing, you can bring meters up. Uh, I tell you what I'm doing, you tell me what you're doing. Over a casual drink, basically, and maybe some photographs as well. You know, like in a basically like our lifestyle, the way we spend it on a weekend. So it said mm-hmm. that I decided to make a platform where we can recreate that, but then have get value of it, basically. That's uh, phenomenal to hear about because one of the things that we promote at the Storybook or we've come to value is the power of storytelling. People coming together and, you know, exchanging knowledge, talking about their experiences and it creates a sense of community, which I imagine is what you're trying to establish from your end. It sort of builds onto the conversation we are having today because you have evolved from a level of pursuing a passion to gaining profit from it. And you know, as we speak, the the youth population in Africa takes on between 65 to 70% of the population, right? This is primarily the backbone. We are it. We are the beginning and the end. So anyone who decides to start a program and does not involve the youth or anyone who's planning on not empowering the youth, they're really doing you know, injustice to their own progress, right? And so you, you stand here as an example, seeing how uh, youth employment programs can really scale up the aspect of using a passion to implement and really just take on an aspect of youth empowerment and youth leadership. So I hear that the guy who is passionate about what he's doing uh, will inevitably outwork and outlast everyone else. However, few of us truly know what we are passionate about. So how did you discover your passion for African fashion? and to get where you are telling the African story through fashion. You said in the beginning that you are everything Africa. You're passionate about Africa. So tell us a little bit about that story. How did it evolve? Uh, Where did it begin? And where are you now? My journey didn't really start as an African storyteller, to be honest. For those who know me, or like for those who don't know, I grew up in one of the largest slums. Uh, so I grew up in Kibera, right? And for me, it was a very personal story about amplifying the Kibera story. So at the very beginning, and that was about 10, 11 years ago, and it was about showcasing our craft and showcasing that guys from you know, these informal settlements can actually also produce quality and uh, worldwide standard items. And then, of course, as you grow and as you do collection after collection, and as you do research after research, then you kind of get to a point where you kind of dive deep into where you're from. So I dived into, deep into my local community, for example, and that's how I design the hats that we have. Um, I get a lot of reference from the Maasai community as well. But also, uh, looking back, say, 10, 11 years ago, uh, I don't know who remembers, but Louis Vuitton did this collection inspired by the Maasai uh, you actually, if you ask me, what uh, uh, made the African fashion grow? Uh, because then I realized, like, oh snap, we actually have you know, dope items. We actually have this Maasai piece that we can use, you know, to make a global standard item. So you can use it to make a hoodie, you can use it to make a jacket, you can make it, use it to make a suit. So, and that's when, if you ask me, like, the focus on African fashion started by that Louis Vuitton show. There was a lot of backlash for it, but uh, that's mm-hmm. how it started. 
but then for me it was gradual it was always like referencing my inspiration you know looking at where we are going where we are from and how that impacts you know my creations as well i like that and you specifically reference 11 years you know 11 years is a whole teenager almost right it's been a whole path and sometimes when we go through this journey of success we tend to simplify the process you've summed it up to two key moments one when you saw uh, louis vuitton taking on what we've been doing and you saw that it's possible and true to a small journey of 11 years so maybe could you share with us what kept you going you know in between these moments what kept you going to where you are now what has kept me going then and now has been different so then it was mostly passion it was mostly and passion specifically for art and design so originally i wasn't a fashion lover i was a, a sketcher i was an artist i was showcasing my works in galleries and then i realized that i had age as well that africans specifically prefer functional art and so instead of you know doing 2d paintings or drawings then we draw the artworks on t-shirts for example uh, and i saw that picking up and then i was like okay naturally i gravitated towards more of uh, creating a brand right at that time it was purely passion for art and to express myself but as you grow or rather get into a business kind of setting when it's more of you design for impact and giving value as well so the, the craft is beyond you as an artist it's like why are you impacting and why are you doing this and what does it mean for you and the business and uh, the creative good around you so that's where things like sustainability um the community you work with the profits coming to play as well wow those are very important impact you know a lot of people they put money ahead you know in front and they're not thinking about impact they're not thinking about the community and they're yeah. not thinking about sustainability yeah. that's very important because it's going to keep you in the market longer right i agree and i think money like when you start anything with money as the main goal i don't think that's a business model if you ask like anybody who's doing anything like any business is doing very well so because they saw an opportunity to make money they actually saw an solve a problem and give value solve a problem or give value so if you're joining us today listen we're coming hot Bevan is not playing with us today. Allow me to read a few comments. Uh thanks for those who've joined us. We are hearing from Bevan Oguk who's the co-founder of Boguk brand and he's talking to us about how Africa's youth can make their passion their money maker. As uh, Sandy Joan says, "Bev, I told you some people are coming to your meeting for other than mentorship reasons." She says, "Bev, please move back." so you can be framed better off it gives uber driver selfies i guess she's joining us on the road great job sandy we like that bevan is definitely a spectacular youth who he's such a powerhouse amen to that uh kevin hey. says book is easily most memorable made in kenya brand i like that um Okay, I've seen you come up man. Hard work beats talent any day. Don't stop. So that's encouragement for you, Bev. Uh and we have James Bev, such a dope guy. <laughs> so that's that's really good. Everyone's everyone's excited. If you're joining us, please settle in. We're just uh getting into the second question and as you've heard, 
Bevan started from humble beginnings and passion took him through um, enthusiasm and he remained motivated. He talked to us about the importance of impact, focusing on the community, serving them, what do they need and what can you bring to the table. So uh, Bevan, back to you, making your dreams come true in this day and age can be especially challenging. You constantly need to evaluate your progress and make difficult decisions. So I'm sure as an entrepreneur, you've had to make some of those difficult decisions. How would you advise young entrepreneurs to handle uh, making difficult decisions? Why don't you start by telling us one difficult decision that you remember and then go into what you tell the youth? on that um yeah I, I remember one difficult decision actually the the most difficult decision i've ever had to make was uh to rebrand my brand was called something else previously and then we just got to a point where we had to change the name and of course that was a difficult decision because our clients knew us for a long time uh, with a different name and it got to this point where we literally had decided that we are not going by this name and we are going to go by this name so of course a lot of uh, things or factors had to be considered before making the decision to change the game. It was a really tough one. But then the things I look at when making such decisions is, first of all, there's, of course, business decisions, and then there's uh, social decisions. So there's like friends or relationships or whatever. Sometimes you have to decide, make a tough decision, basically. The key factor, first of all, the thing I, I remember most is actually, I look beyond the moment. So I look at afterwards, or like after this is over, how do I want to feel? How do I want to look like? What situation do I want to be at? Um, so that's the first thing I look at. The second thing is, uh, especially in business, is what you know. So you could look at numbers or what's really happening, you know, like these statistics or things that you can reference for you to help you make a decision. But then also third is um, beyond fear, right? So because most of the time, especially if the stakes are high, then you want to decide things because based on fear or like based on the outcome that you might not you know, or you're afraid to face. So um, you look at the fear and you look at beyond the fear. So it's beyond the moment, beyond the fear, and also looking at what you know so in terms of statistics. And uh, all in all, you just need to decide. Like, I think also not deciding is a decision, to be honest. And sometimes it's better to decide and deal with the consequence than, you know, sit there and, and not decide, right? I imagine it can feel like your child has now grown up. It's time for them to go to college and you have to you have to release them and you have to find yourself anew because rebranding also requires you to restructure yourself uh, mentally, emotionally, psychologically and and all that. Um but you raise very critical points because especially on the part of fear I will say that I've seen, uh, and this is not bias in, in any kind of way, but I've seen that men tend to handle business decisions that are um, that cause fear. They tend to navigate through that faster than women, especially at a certain age. Uh, it's estimated that between 15 to like 25, women between the age of 15 to 25, they struggle more to make that transition. So uh, you talk about fear, right? And I pinpoint that because I think a lot of people get stuck. You have the numbers, you can see, I need to make a change. I can make a change in this direction, right? And you know, you said, look beyond the moment, you know, five years from now, if I make this move, it's going to be strategic. But then what are some of the conversations you have with yourself in times when fear is now taking the cream 
and you're like you know what if i don't conquer this fear i'm not going yeah. to, to go you know ahead true i agree completely uh, there's a lot to look at and, and i think at the end of the day you decide for your gut feeling because also sometimes the longer you take to decide or like the more you look at in terms of you want to make the right decision because things change anyway sometimes you just need to decide and just stick with the consequence and anyway a right decision is only known after like you never know that this is the right decision before you make it right so okay. <laughs> unfortunately life is understood backward you look back and you're like mm, that decision was not the one or exactly. it was good right exactly um, exactly agree yeah, i like that i like that so just make the decision it's better to make it than not to wait okay Don't you just love stories? Stories shape how we understand the world, our place in it, and our ability to change it. We are all products of our backgrounds, perceptions, and experiences, which all form how we interpret the world. So we all have unique stories to share. What are we without stories? If you're a sucker for inspirational stories, you'll feel right at home at the storybook. We are a creative enterprise with a social purpose to inspire, educate, mentor, entertain, and influence the youth in Africa to make informed decisions on their healing, growth, and development. Our message is simple. Every youth in Africa can attain the lasting change they desire in different aspects of their lives, and we want to support them in their journey. Messages delivered as stories can be up to 22 times more memorable than just facts. So, at the Storybook, we leverage the transformative power of storytelling. We can all agree that for change to be lifelong, it has to start in the mind. So, we keep our stories unique, fun, engaging, and memorable. Just how the mind likes it. You too can join us to transform the lives of youth in Africa through stories. Every quarter, we run youth empowerment and mobilization projects through which businesses owned by young people in Africa are supported by the storybook, either financially or through publicity. Nominate a young change maker today by telling us how they've changed lives in your community. We also welcome partnerships and sponsorships. Furthermore, We accept stories under these categories all year round. Young and on fire. Note to younger self and dear diary. To learn more about the categories and drop us your story for inspiration, visit our website www.thestorybook.whitneymwangi.com. Based on our backgrounds, we all have different experiences. The fortunate will be pushed into this lucrative career such as law. I think our parents for them it was being teachers and for us today we have medicine and all that. While the less fortunate have to move to like rural areas or other smaller towns to seek stability. In this mode sometimes there's a lot of harsh conditions to deal with. Uh they have to take low quality jobs. So how can we help to create a level playing field for today's youth to pursue their passion and entrepreneurship just balancing out that mix 
it's a problem obviously but i don't look at it as a problem because uh, i like to think that every problem is uh, is an opportunity right first of all and if you look at africans like you said earlier we have the biggest youth number in the world and yes. within the youth millennial specific so then that means that as that are born from uh, 81 to 96 and what this special group of people have is we existed between the worlds so we saw you know the real world like pre technology the way it is now so we existed in the real world and also we existed in the virtual world and things are a bit faster and realistic and all that thing uh, all those things but then what's special is then we are the connection between the two like the connection between the previous generation and the, you know the gen z's and why i'm saying that is then because we know what's needed for like real life solutions but also in a modern way using technology right even if you look at the continent africa specifically most of us are third world country like we are just from being colonized and stuff and we're just catching up uh, with the rest of the world it's a problem if you look at it but also an opportunity because then it means that we don't have a channel to follow like we don't have to say for example germany did xyz to where they got you know to get where they, where they got so you can do that but then the times realistically the technology we have right now it won't be possible like we have to accelerate almost at a speed that's times 10 so that's number one and then number two i think if you look at something like mpesa for example it's a phenomenal world because the first world countries do not understand how you can use your phone number to send money right because we are a third world country because we didn't have to follow the process of banking and writing checks and making it our culture you're like why should we do that yet i have your number you have mine and i can send you money right to answer you i think in terms of what we should do is uh, we should look at our problems as uh, opportunities first of all we should defy the systematic structure that has been put there because that's the only reason why you see something like a lawyer and a doctor is looked at as a prestigious thing but yet right now i have photographers and models and everybody who's making way lots of like content creators are making if you wow. ask them, you can't compare to lawyers and doctors honestly right now at the moment it's for us to look at our problems as opportunities and one key factor that would get us out of this is working together you know because our problems are not systematic it's, it's not like we need a government to to help us i mean to some part yes but much most of it is just us coming together and creating our own systems and most importantly innovating i think if we innovate and we look at the world where it is now and uh, where we were or rather where we are going then i think you no know, more content creators will be coders and people doing tech will be like making so you don't have to be a doctor for you to be a respectable person so you can be a designer yeah so just innovation i think will level the field And what I take from you also is breaking out of these norms to be honest because social media the digital space as you've rightfully mentioned our ability to innovate our ability to look to people like you who are not lawyers not doctors but you're already yeah. building something for yourself and to redefine what exactly do we see as respectable anyway and Exactly who said that your passion should just be you know one of those things because i feel like a lot of africans we still look at passion as that side hustle that thing i do on the side but yeah. you from the narrative you're telling us today is that no it can be the cream at the top of the cake and it can be you know everything and it can make you more right so just breaking out of this yeah. norm right you go back to the aspect of looking at your community also and see how you can impact them so that's also very key yeah. for the youth to look at 
Great. Okay. This is great. So I see lots of people have just joined us. Welcome to uh, this session, this interview, lovely conversation, lovely chat with uh, Bevan Oguk, who's the creative director of Boguk brand. He's a young label uh, based at Kibera in Nairobi, Kenya. Those were the roots. And now he's bringing it all to the continental level. Uh, I know we have audiences from different parts of Africa. So go ahead, tell us where you're joining us from. Uh, he's dressed different people that we can mention. Adele uh, Onyango, who's a superstar in Kenya, if you know her. Uh, Honorable Raila Odinga. And his creativity and business acumen and passion for fashion <laughs> has contributed heavily to his overall success. And today he's joining us to talk to us about how youth in Africa can make their passion uh, their money maker. I can see a question already from Kevin. So before we go to our last question, let me take this one, if that's okay with you, uh, Evan. So he asks, ever thought of working with foreign fashion brands to design collections? I know in the beginning you mentioned that what you focused on was making the sketches and uh, showcasing that, but now it's a whole different ball game. So what do you have to say to Kevin? Yeah, that's a good question, actually. I've thought about it. I think previously we were not really so in terms of structures, in terms of the legal part of the business, like the company side of things and what that means and trademarking and stuff before we can uh, co-design with another brand from outside Kenya specifically. But yeah, that's something we are keen on. We are looking for, I think we are ready now and we are looking for, we are open to that kind of conversation. Sure. So I will tell you what's interesting for me from your response is that you're disciplined yeah. enough to know to move when you're ready, right? It's not about just yeah. going because you are bogook, <laughs> you know? Again, right. yeah, again, it's, it's not it's not about you being a creative and you being able to design, right? Uh, that's cool if, if, you know, it's a good thing, but that's not the main thing. It's not the only thing, rather, because there'll be lawyers involved, there'll be trademarks, there'll be... Um, intellectual property signing, um, there'll be a corporate structure in terms of, you know, the share capital in that sense, how do you split revenue, what do you do, what do you do, and those are things beyond creativity, right? So you need to be ready in that sense first, um, and also just value add. So what kind of, say, what's your market share in Kenya, for example, and what's your market share in whatever country you're in, say, the U.S. as well, so that we see the collaboration as something that adds value. So there's things beyond, you know, the, the creative, uh, so there's a lot of things we look at as well before seeing that this is a worthy partnership. Otherwise, you'd just be doing partnerships and then it doesn't really put your lines to anything. Again, impact, yeah. as you mentioned in the beginning, just thinking about how your move can make uh, an impact rather than just being a strategic move, right? <laughs> okay, so I'm going to our last question of the day. Today's youth have been empowered through education access to the internet and networks you talked about this uh, briefly before most importantly the youth need funds to bring their passion projects and businesses to a profitable state are there any funding or talent uh, detection programs that you have worked with or know of that can stimulate this transition from a uh, passion to profit First of all, like any investor you need, right? They want to see a proof of concept. So I think before looking for funds, please have the idea and leverage on other things uh, apart from money. So you can leverage your friends, you can leverage your contacts, you can leverage your family, proof the concept to yourself or to, you know, if you're at a position where you have a few clientele, then you can start having the funding conversation. 
other than that, it's just like you get funding, but then you really don't know how to, to do anything anyway, right? So first of all, build the processes, like make it a business, make it beyond you, you know, partner with someone, get an accountant, get someone who brings value to you that you don't have, and then you can start having the money conversation. Um, secondly, there's a couple of uh, uh, funding opportunities. So in Kenya specifically, there's something like uh, called Hever Fund. So Hever Fund is, a, is a specifically for creatives actually, and they understand the creatives. That it was started by creatives, so they really understand, and their payment plans are actually a bit fair to the creatives. Um, in terms of banks, there's also specific banks that have uh, tailored products for the creatives. Uh, there's, I don't know if I should mention them, but there's uh, Absa Bank, there's Tanpik Bank, there's Standard Chartered Bank. All these guys have, if you just approach them with, again, with a proof of concept, because nobody just wants to give you their money just because you have a nice idea or you can design nicely, right? So you need to first do the groundwork and leverage on other things before money. And then when you get to that point, then you can have that conversation later. Um, in terms of um, talent search or something, yes. there's, there's, there's a couple as well. Um, so there's uh, British Council, for example, they do something called East Africa Arts. They usually have a lot, a lot of uh, workshops, for example, you can join those. They have meetings, they have programs that they run. You know, there's a lot, a lot, a lot. And um, even brands, for example. So there's this, for example, we have this thing called Guinness. So they have a show amplifying Kenyan creatives uh, at the moment. Uh, it's called Black Shines Brightest. Uh, that's also another uh, avenue. I know Safaricom with Blaze. So it's, it's just, again, but before these guys also approach you or you work with them, then they need to see value. Again, it goes back to the point of before you ask someone for money or before you want to be featured somewhere, then you have to have done the groundwork first. Right. I like that. So if you're going to approach for funding, <laughs> sorry, I'm definitely one of those people who want to crunch it down, make sure I get it. So if you're going for funding, you've already planted the seed ahead of time. You've you've seen what works what doesn't work and you know what you're seeking funding for right um technically yes and no so yes in terms of you've tested it like this thing can work no because you haven't tested it to that scale yet so you only have maybe 10 5 whatever 20 30 clients so you can manage them well and you think if you're given some money you would be able to handle a hundred clients if you're given that money actually that's not the case because if you haven't built your processes a certain level or you haven't you know you don't have some systems then that 100 people becomes unbearable and then you have to fail and then like be like okay now i learned my mistake you know i'll do it right this time so it's still like the proof of concept is just to show that this project can work so it's not like now if you do it you, you get money you super succeed <laughs> yeah there's still another level to it as well Thank you for sharing with us all the resources that you go to for funding. We've heard about the banks. The charts are really making me so happy. So Kevin says congratulations <laughs> on your new store. So woo, let's get uh, some fire on the chat for uh, Bevan. And then someone says loving the new hat designs. Can't wait to cop one. And I think I saw a question before. How did it feel seeing Baba wear a Boguk hat? Uh, express yourself, tell us. <laughs> um, I, I remember, so I was out with a couple of friends at uh, right. this place that we like hanging out at, and then uh, I just saw a WhatsApp message from a very, like someone I haven't talked to in a long time. Okay. So then I had to open it, and then it was suddenly a picture of, so I was just like, ah, this is another campaign, you know, whatever. So I just ignored it. 
Great. Until now, phone started ringing and uh, they are like, oh, congratulations, we can see your number one uh, stuff uh, at his final run. I was excited. It was a big gesture because to me, he's, uh, he's such an icon and he's such a culture mover as well. And those are the kind of people that I like to work with or dress or look up to him, if you know what I mean. It was also really humbling as well. So like even the, all the people I've dressed before, it's always the same moment. It's always like, oh. If this person can actually believe in my craft, then it actually right. means that uh, it's quite good, yeah. yeah. I like that and it speaks to class also. It means your products have class. I think your audiences will keep us here the entire night. I want to be respectful <laughs> of your time. I will take one last question and then I will hand over to you, Bevan, to tell us any you know, last remarks or any questions you may have for us. So Cindy asks, how can we encourage more youth to get into entrepreneurship. Oh my, that's that's a very good one. That's a very good one. How do you encourage someone to get into entrepreneurship? I think first of all you need to want to be an entrepreneur. You know, like it's almost like a calling because it's a calling that that you kind of get. You just dive into it. But not those people that want to be entrepreneurs. I think I tell them that. Uh, Stuff obviously, but it's also very fulfilling, especially if you're doing it for a bigger purpose, especially if you're doing it because it's your passion or you're adding value or you're solving a problem. So then seeing people being satisfied by your work is very fulfilling. And then the money comes in as a byproduct of, and the money is not always there. So it's not like getting into entrepreneurship because it has money. It's more like you have this passion, you want to give this value, or you want to solve this problem. Entrepreneurship is also wide. So it's not like you doing your thing only. You can partner up with someone else who is doing something that you can't do. If the value is the same, if the goal and the mission is the same, then you'd be, you'd be happy solving that problem. Right. Okay, I like that. So tell us, um, do you have any questions, anything you'd like to say to the youth after maybe questions for me uh, before we end the live? Um, I think I'd tell the youth that our time is now, and specifically millennials, I, because I, I am one and I speak to them directly, I think we need to come together, most importantly, partner up a bit more, talk to each other because we are very special breed like um, and I've personally found this problem where the older generation doesn't really understand our problems in that sense but the younger ones are too you know they're too dreamy they're too you know so <laughs> I think we're the only one who kind of are in this space and have experienced what we've experienced and it's a special thing so I'd want to tell guys to just partner up more talk to each other a bit more and to know that like we are actually the solution to ourselves and to our country and to our continent as well. Great, we are the solutions. Did you hear that? Masi <laughs> says, proud to be a part of the Boguk tribe from Kibera to the world. Big stuff. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. I'm really proud. Yeah, those are like my day ones your day ones and they're still uh, sticking with you that also speaks a lot to your character i believe so i want to thank you bevan for your time this chat has been very insightful for me as well uh taking on this role of uh speaking to different young people and you've really given us insights to think through i'm not sure if people are going for a drink today really or they're going home to reflect on their couch about what am I going to do with my life? I can tell you that they're going for a drink for sure. <laughs>
<laughs> yes, you already said people in Kenya they are or maybe they are going for a drink because they're like, "Oof, no. I mean, I will think about this tomorrow, right?" Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Um I hope to be looking at all your other features as well. And uh, good job you're doing. Absolutely. Thank you. And when I come to Kenya, we'll stay in touch. So, that's our story. What's yours? Be sure to connect with us on social media at the storybook underscore ENT on Instagram, the storybook ENT on Facebook, at storybook underscore ENT on Twitter. Let's keep the conversation going. We just can't wait to hear from you.